Welcome to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where I share inspiring stories of ordinary people who walk out God's Word and discover radical results along the way. Hi friends, welcome to Walk It Out, and this is our second week of celebrating the new Christmas movie, The Star. If you missed last week's episode, which is number four, we have some amazing interviews with producer Devon Franklin and director Timothy Retcart. And I know you'll really enjoy just hearing about those guys and their heart for Christ and what they are doing in Hollywood. I loved being able to get the behind the scenes and really see the glimpses of God at work and what he is doing um, in the movie industry. So it's so amazing and so fun to see. But today we have some more people that we're going to be talking to. Um, they're interviews that I did a couple weeks ago. So let me tell you a little bit about that. In today's episode, we're staying in Hollywood and you're going to hear behind the scenes interviews with three actors. So Zachary Levi, Gina Rodriguez, and Patricia Heaton. So I interviewed all of them at a roundtable event with four other women. There was LaToya Dennis with The Motivated Mom, Jennifer Keita with Tanglewood Moms, Lisa Hendy with TheCatholicMom.com, and Deanna Evans with Fly By Promotions. And you'll actually hear us sitting around the table, asking questions, talking to them. Um, so really, it is a low-key, behind-the-scenes, what was really going on that day in Beverly Hills. So these interviews were recorded at a hotel there um, for a media event, and you'll hear us chatting. And after the interview, I really walked away with two impressions. So first of all, um, you may have guessed this before too, but it's not easy to be a Christian in Hollywood. Not only is it hard living a life that's being watched and critiqued by everyone, including media and fans, but also living a life that with people around you whose values are very different than yours. And if you've been just paying attention to the news and all that's coming out um, with harassment issues, you just know that this is a very hard place to live and work. But these amazing Christians have been able to do their best and live with an open heart, um, not only just dealing with the people around them, but really having a heart for them and realizing that they can be a light, they can be an example. And also, even those who mess up in Hollywood, even those who make the news for the wrong things that they've done, that God can redeem them too. So that comes out in the interview. Also, I walked away with a sense that being a wife and a mom is a challenge for any of us, but no matter where we live, we can really do it well and do it with humor and grace. And you will really see that when we talk to Patricia Heaton, um, just how she was able to balance being a mom in Hollywood and balancing kids and their schedules and um, all the filming that she was having to do. And so it's, it's a fun behind the scenes glimpse at that. So when talking with the three of these actors, it's very clear and you'll be able to hear it, that family really matters. And which is why making this family film was so important to them. Um, even though one of them played a cow, which Patricia Heaton was a cow in the movie, 
Um, it's just part of coming together to share the story of Christ in a generation that may not know it and that can just bring um, joy and happiness and remind all these families what the true meaning of Christmas is. So, but even as I give you the behind the scenes scoop, I want you to know there's also a behind the scenes scoop just within our own family, especially with our four older adopted girls. So as you can imagine, when you adopt kids, especially a sibling group of four, that it takes a lot of adjustment. Let me just say that, a lot of adjustment. Um, and during those first visits, when they first started coming in our home and visiting us, I mean, really, they didn't know us. We didn't know them. We knew that we just felt God calling us to be a family, but we really didn't know each other. They didn't know our standards. They didn't know our rules. They didn't know... A, our routine um, and having been moved so often it's like them, them figuring out and us figuring out what this new norm is going to be so adding four older kids to the house of course we have new routines and um, the little ones are trying to adjust but also John and I knew that it was really important to connect and bond as a family so even though these older girls were joining a very busy family already we wanted to make sure that they know that we were going to take time just to get to know them and spend time with them. So it was really just trying to find those moments in everyday busy life. So for years, I've had a bedtime routine of putting the little kids to bed, the three little ones share a room. And so I would go in and we talk and we pray. And then I would read a chapter of a book to them um, with the lights out on my Kindle. And usually by a chapter or two, everyone's asleep. And so that has just been our routine for years. And so as I was doing that, John created a routine with the older girls. They would all get ice cream. And yes, to this day, the girls don't think they could go to bed without ice cream. <laughs> it's not a very good habit, but that's one of the routines, the fun things that we created. Um, so he had this tradition of everyone gets ice cream and then they would watch a show together. Now, as you can imagine, um, the stuff that John was interested in watching, he likes sci-fi and the girls would, you know, more Disney channel type or girly movies. Um, so there it was kind of hard at first trying to find something that everyone would be interested in, but John ended up putting on a show called Chuck. And I don't know if you've seen it before, the show called Chuck. It's a high-concept action comedy that follows Chuck Portaski as uh, the Buy More Computer Geek, and he turns into a secret agent. And so he unwittingly downloads a database of government information into his mind, and then he's able to access that and, like, tune in to bad guys. And later in the season, he gets, you know, he figures out how to do um, all this karate and stuff because it's downloaded and downloaded in his brain. And, um, you know, there is some adult situations in it, but overall it's just a fun, funny, humorous show that our family really enjoyed. And so that was kind of the normal when they first moved in, they would have ice cream, they would watch Chuck, they went through all the seasons. And it's just a simple show. But to the Goyers, this was kind of our finding our place together, discovering a new normal, having something that we have in common. And so when the girls found out that I was going to be able to go and meet Zachary Levi, it was almost like a bow on the top of this bonding moment um, that was just really amazing. I mean, out of all the people 
that I could have interviewed. It's just like, that was our show. And then I got to meet him and a photo with him. So I just, that's just kind of a behind the scenes of the Goyers of this is what God can do. These crazy, like who would have thought? So that's really what I wanted to share too. Just, you never know what God has planned for your journey of walking with him. I mean, that is just kind of like this bonus little thing of God saying, I was there with you guys when you were watching Chuck. I know how much it meant um, to your family. And here, go meet him. He's a great guy. Um, so, you know, years ago when I came downstairs after reading to the little kids, I never would have thought like in a couple of years that I'd be able to meet Zachary. And I know he's just a person like totally, but it was just a fun moment and a fun, meaningful moment for our girls. And it's really just me being an ordinary mom doing the things God calls me to that's able to experience some fun things and then moments like these just remind me that God has often more planned for us than we can imagine and they don't always have to be these deep spiritual moving moments but sometimes it's just a fun a fun bow on top to say hey, you're going to enjoy this. Um, And it reminds me of Ephesians 3.20, which says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power to work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we ask or imagine. And sometimes that's just sitting around a round table with some other ladies asking questions. So it's a reminder to me, and like you hear in those interviews, that everyday life is the real life. So you'll hear these actors talk about their family members, about their schedules, routines, um, and it's just really showing up and doing our best and loving the people around us. It's daring to present the gospel to others and to people that we see at school or in the carpool line or in our neighborhood. And sometimes it means sharing the gospel in something like an animated movie called The Star. So speaking of which, if you haven't seen The Star, this could be a really fun holiday activity that will remind your family of the true meaning of Christmas. And as every store and every mall and every catalog is saying bye, 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 this sweet movie proclaims, look, this is amazing. See the gift that God has already provided. So I hope you enjoy these interviews. Thank you. Thank you. Do you all got to see it? Yes. Good, right? Yeah. Yeah, Fantastic. it's exciting. It's exciting to have a nice Christmas story, you know, and from the and from the viewpoint of the animals, which is just a great fresh way to tell the story, and and the com, you know, I, of course I love comedy, and so to have that as part of the story, um, without having it in any way, you know, demean the central message of the story. And you're such a family oriented person. Mm-hmm. It was fun to see you kind of be a part of something that was going to be. I feel like we'll have such a huge impact on I think so too, because there's no other um, story of the Nativity uh, ever, actually, and not certainly not animated. I mean, you had way back when Zeffirelli did Jesus of Nazareth, which, which took you through the whole thing. Um, but that's not a Christmas classic <laughs> because it takes about 12 hours to get through it. <laughs> I remember showing it to my kids years ago. and I, I don't know how far I got, and then I just ran out of steam. They're like, Mom, what, what happens in the end? I'm like, he dies and he rises again, okay? I, uh, I've got things to do. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that sounded exactly how did you channel, Sorry. How did, how did you learn to channel your inner cow? 
my inner cow. Well, Edith is Edith is a lot like Frankie Heck and Deborah Barone. She's tired, you know. She's wrangling these other overly enthusiastic uh, animals in the stable, and so you know, um, it was really fun to do and and to do that to sort of bring back that Midwestern twang that pops up every time I go back to Ohio um, is really fun, especially since my high school teacher told me, uh, my drama teacher said, you will never work if you don't get rid of that Cleveland accent. So um, so it was nice to be able to use it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. I loved your part because as soon as you start, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> It's really, it's, and, and you know, voiceover work is really fun because it's all just about your voice and you just can roll in there in your pajamas if you want and, and everybody, you know, has a good time with all the goofy characters. And it's a little strange because you're just there by yourself and you don't see, I mean, I, I saw what Edith looked like, but you, I, you know, you didn't get to see the animation part until later and you don't hear anybody else's voices. So to have it all come together is exciting. Yeah. yeah, and to be able to pull that off just as far as energy and having that character, I imagine it's very difficult. It's not difficult, it's not no. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, it's, um, I, I was just thinking, you know, we're into our ninth season of The Middle, and we just did our 200th episode. And I was looking at the next week's script, and there was, like, a lot of dialogue. And I thought, I, I don't know how I've been doing this for nine years. I'm so tired. But, you know, you just get used to um, um, once, it's kind of like once the camera's rolling or once the curtain goes up, it's like your adrenaline goes and you, you know, you, you get that energy. You get that performance adrenaline going. So it's really, it's really fun. And, you know, the fact that, you know, you get to make your living that way, I mean... That's really a privilege because there's a very small percentage of, of people who are actors who can make their living from it. So, so everybody, you're, you're there by yourself and mm -hmm. recording with the director, right? With the director, mm -hmm. but when you saw it, mm -hmm. how did you feel? Like, what was your first thought? It's really, it's really fun, and you're just sort of. Um, it's it's a little bit strange to see your voice coming out of a cow. <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, I've always, when I was little, I was um, always dressing up and putting on makeup, and that was sort of part of the attraction, I think, of performing was to get to play princesses and things. And, you know, my longest-running roles have been two middle American housewives and now a cow. So... <laughs> So hopefully, um, you know, I, I would like my next role to have a little bit of glamour. Yeah. Well, but she and I actually were just talking beforehand about the fact that who you are is seen as a person, mm -hmm. personally, but just from what I've read and the things that you've done, uh, you seem like a really grounded woman who really cherishes her family and helps mm -hmm. out and whatever the situation is. And it just... Even the part where you're like, well, we got to get you out of the stable, and like you're standing there, and the donkey is jumping on top of you. And him. Right. Well, I do have four boys, so I was used to that. And I also think because I did not actually start making my living as an actor until my um, like 30 years old, which is kind of late uh, start. Um, I've been pursuing it for a long time, but wasn't able to actually make my living at it. And so by that time, I had already been, you know, I had married and, and started my family. So those things were kind of in place more. And I feel that that was really a blessing because then your priorities are, are straight, that, you know, your family comes first. And then, you know, hopefully you can work career around that, which I'm so grateful I'd been able to do because 
Everybody Loves Raymond was a multi-camera show, which means, you know, you go in at 10 in the morning and you're done by about 4.30 or 5, uh, uh, except for tape day. But you're just rehearsing those days. So the kids came with me to work. I really felt like a full-time mom while I was on Raymond. And then the middle hours are much longer, but by that time my kids were in high school and going off to college. So um, they were gone almost the same length of hours each day that I was at work. So, you know, I I wasn't, I didn't have to be an absent parent, you know. So that's been such a blessing to me because if I had to choose, I would choose my family, you know. And and I didn't have to make that choice. So so that's, that's really a blessing. But I think being able to be in television where you go to work as if you were going to the office and you come home every night to your family makes it much easier to have a normal life than if you're away on location for months at a time. They probably keep you sort of grounded, too, your kids are. Well, especially, yeah, because you're on the set and everyone's bringing you water and they're doing your hair and makeup and making sure you have everything, and then you come home and it's like, what's for dinner? And nobody, nobody's bringing you anything, you know, and they don't care. And, I mean, I kind of raised them that way. I never really brought work home very much. I had them come to work because I wanted them to learn how to behave on a set so that I could have them with me. Um, But for instance, at one point um, between Raymond and the middle, I did a very short-lived comedy called Back to You with Kelsey Grammer. And um, I would go in at 10, and Kelsey had very short rehearsal hours, so I'd be home by 1 o'clock. So I would take the kids to school, go to work, come home, and then go pick them up from school. And they didn't know I was on a show until Joe came home and said, Mom, are, are you working again? Because your picture's on a big billboard outside my school. <laughs> and I said, as a matter of fact, I am. I'm on a show. Um, so, but they didn't know it. I mean, that's how easy it was to sort of do the mom thing and work. I also think it's so important for our kids, for them to see us pursuing our dreams and following those things. So how do you think that has impacted your kids and their lives, seeing you and being a part of that? Mm -hmm. Um, I think they actually sort of disconnect me as their mom from what I do. And they were too little to watch Raymond, so they never really watched it. Um, So they're kind of – it's until a bit later that they started saying – uh, well, here, there was one time when I said, hey, you guys want to go to the movies? Um, and they said, yeah. And Joe said, is a limo coming for us? Because up to that point, we would go to premieres. And I, I realized I need to let them know that that's not what people normally do. <laughs> that's when I had to sort of start distinguishing, you know, what I do from what normal life is. But they, I really kind of kept them away from all of that. I wanted them to have a normal life. And and not to have too much privilege, because uh, it's tough in Hollywood to sort of keep them from all that. And, you know, they, I'm, as a parent at their school, I'm Mrs. Hunt. So I'm not Patricia Heaton, right? So it's, it, I just try to really make a big um, separation between what I do. But, you know, um, they have seen both their parents work, and so um, it's important for them to know the reality of it's not just about getting to go to a premiere. It's like putting in a lot of hours. Yeah. And I love how you wrote in Mom's Head Out. Yes. <laughs> so that, in the that you might be working again together? With my husband? With husband yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was enough. No, we've talked. we've talked about it, but it, we've, you know... We've had to learn how to work together. Let's put it that way. 
I, I have to take mercy on your voice, but I have to ask you how you prepare to play this role. I mean, it's so amazing to, uh, you know, and to tell the story from Mary's perspective and the spunk and energy that you bring to it is amazing. Oh, thank you so much. Um, you know, what's in, I didn't realize, um, I didn't put the pressure on myself or like uh, that a lot of people asked me the same question. I mean, before I took it, my mm -hmm. mom, my grandma. Everybody's like, oh my goodness, my. <laughs> and I didn't realize the pressure until I saw my grandma's face that it was just like, it like lit up and like the sun came out and she was very, very excited for me. But she, she, she seemed to be very worried for me as well. Um, but the truth is, is that Mary represents like all women and the power that all women uh, have to procreate and bring life. And I, I looked to all the women that are so strong around me, my mom and my grandmother and my two sisters who are mothers and who are great mothers and who I see fall and fail and try again and work through so much with her with my nieces and nephews and it's it's the the power I see that they use every single day to be selfless and to sacrifice all of them I mean and literally I'm the only one that doesn't have any kids yet so they're just mothers all around me and they're just mm -hmm. giants to me mm -hmm. and they're superheroes so Mary to me was just playing one of them and they don't realize that I consider them just as great um, and every woman that it brings life whether on her own or not you know um, every any woman that can be that selfless that's a Mary that's that's what it was so Fantastic. that's kind of how I saw it and I didn't think I guess they don't see themselves that way. Just, you know, <laughs> his grandma seen the film yet? No, she'll be here tomorrow. Though. Aren't you excited? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am, and all my moms, all the moms, my, both my sisters, all my nieces and nephews, my mother, my grandmother, my uh, sister's mother-in-law, like all the moms. Are just bring all the Kleenex. I will. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Good. And yeah. even just how it, did you like pull all that in, especially like when you had to say, um, you know, when you're telling Joseph that. It is hard, you know, and just that emotion. That, like, is that how you use that to get that emotion to put in that character? So, you know, what's interesting is I do think that God prepares you for everything in life. And I mean, I don't, I, I'm guessing some are faith based. I don't know if everybody's faith based, but, but um, I really do feel that every journey, like every part of my journey has been for a reason. And like being able to play Jane the Virgin such a huge gift in my life in so many ways because Jane allowed me to care for my family mm -hmm. in a way that was just like God said it really really was mm -hmm. so um, I had to I, I played those emotions where I was explaining to a man that I was pregnant not by his child but it wasn't my fault and so it was very interesting how this fabricated story that I've been playing for the past four years kind of prepared me to go in that room by myself with like foam on the walls and nothing to look at and recreate that vision of what it is to say to somebody you absolutely love that you're in this predicament that you stand by. And she's so convicted. My character in Jane is, you know, Catholic and saving herself for marriage and was super convicted. So I felt like I was groomed for this. And as people joke about it being a typecasting, but on the contrary, it was like, no, I think I was just like I was given that for a reason. Otherwise I wouldn't be able to come in that booth with any of that. Like, I don't know how I would have been able to own that mm -hmm. otherwise. So I feel like that was kind of what, you know, he placed in my path. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. For a reason. And with a lot of the philanthropy that... No, no, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, with a lot of the 
philanthropy that you already do, um, it seemed like a really natural fit to me. As you're talking about the strength of women and just the strength of the people around you in your own life and how that kind of played an influence and in how you created that character. I, it seemed, even watching the movie last night, like a really natural fit after reading about all the things you've already done, which, like, top 100 Time Magazine oh, influential, you. that's amazing. <laughs> like, you have a big voice and a big platform that seems like it's happened pretty quickly, would you say? Uh, you know what? I Again, I feel like I was, I mean, I'm 33 years old. I I feel like that God totally was has been, like, grooming me because years prior, when I did this movie that sent me to Sundance, I believe that my trajectory was about to explode. Mm -hmm. I was so ready. I was, uh, my ego was before me and it was walking in this space of finally, like I get to have my turn and it didn't pan out that way. And what it did instead was created a space for me to sit inside myself and say, what kind of woman do I want to be in this industry? Where I think uh, my life is going to look a certain way. It doesn't look that way, but instead it gives me silence. Mm -hmm. So I can say, okay, so should this happen? Who do you want to be? Like, what kind of a woman, human, what kind of heart do you want to be in an industry that seldom has space for that? Mm. And as somebody who is a faith-based woman, somebody who, who has said no to projects so that I could say yes to these, mm. so that I can look back on my life and it doesn't matter if I have a, a pot to piss in, a weird expression that I just <laughs> decided to say. Yeah. Like my yeah. I felt like just my father, yeah, my father just, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'll have my integrity. Yeah. And that's what I want the most at the end of all of this because I feel like that's what matters most, at least to me it does. And um, so it's what's been guiding me. And I feel like, uh, again, it, it may, it's, it's no coincidence. It can't be. Looking back in retrospect, it just, it can't be. I've been guided. And I've, I feel so lucky that I've been, I've been placed with these giants around me that helped me like fall in those footsteps that were already there before I got there, you know? Yeah. Zach, you're channeling your inner Joseph by sitting so quiet. <laughs> 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 no, but, but I want to ask you about your role. And I mean, you play such a, to me, like such a cool Joseph. Like I love, seeing, <laughs> I love seeing a Joseph that's like so energetic and young, you know, no gray hair, no long gray beard. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you look a little closer, it's all starting to come. It's all the salt is making its way into the bed. You know, it's not like our traditional, like kind of holy card image of Joseph. So sure, how you, yeah. How did you prepare to play the Well, I mean, I, I, uh, I, I think the whole movie is is, the, is a very a traditional take on the yeah. story, which is exactly what it needs to be in order to kind of revitalize to get kids Absolutely. interested. You know, it's it's an important story to tell for you know whether you're a part of the Judeo Christian faith or not. Obviously, it's mm -hmm. one that we all hear about, know about. How do you reskin that? Well, you you put a bunch of talking animals in it, um, <laughs> and I'm a very energetic Joseph um, with less gray. Uh, uh, no, but I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of that just comes down to look. We, I, being an actor, <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's like the coolest job. It's, I, I, it's everything I've, I've ever wanted to do in my life since I was this big. I used to look at my mom and dad and anybody else who would listen to me and say, that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And most of them looked at me very lovingly, pat me on the head and was like, oh, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> but I am, Gina, my son, we are living proof that, you know, I, and I, as, I will echo what she says. I believe God has 100%. Oh, 
laid the foundation. It is one, it is a light before my feet, one step at a time. Everything has led me to this place that I'm in in my career right now. And the more that you can, no matter whether it's acting, whatever it is, the more you can stop leaning on your own understanding, the more peace you're going to have in your life and the more you're going to appreciate what is unfolding because you don't have control over that. We don't. We have to embrace what is happening and and hopefully you know and I think part of that free will in our in our spot is to then activate with that and go okay well what can I be a part of right now how can I be active in my life in good and positive ways with my family with my friends with my community with my world whatever that is so uh, sorry that's a long way of coming around on I we are we got blessed enough that you know we had careers that led up to the point where then Sony said hey would you like to play these roles mm -hmm. and for me somebody who grew up in a Christian faith and still um, you know, holds to that in many ways and shapes and forms. Uh, this was a story that was very near and dear to me, and and I thought it was really awesome of Sony to want to tell this story on a big scale. Not, you know, there's a lot of faith-based film companies and whatnot. They try, mm -hmm. they try, but they're not making great stuff. And I think it's really unfortunate that, you know, you. The message is like, they're, they're trying to get a good message out there, but if you have a good message wrapped up in a crap box, then nobody's going to ever get that message. And I think what Sony's doing is they've, they've, done, they've taken this and they said, well, let's tell that important story. Let's do it really well. Let's get a lot of really cool people like Oprah to be a part of it, and Mariah Carey, and us that get to be along for their, and I get to be Joseph, and I get to go and tell my, all of my friends' kids and my family's kids, and every like, they get to watch this for years and years and years and go, oh, that's Uncle Zach who gets to oh be Joseph's God. voice. Like, it's, like, you know, that, I'm that, so excited. It's, it's nuts. Well, it's I just say, cool. I, have ten, I, have, I have 10 kids, and just both of you, the role models that you are, we have, I have 10 kids, seven more You have 10 kids? We have seven you of them are adopted. You must be Catholic. You are. Uh, no. Super We've adopted woman. seven of them. Oh, wow. So I have so to say. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. But I have to say, I just have to say, um, so when we adopted four teenagers last year, and we bonded over Chuck. So Chuck yeah, was our yes. And then yeah, to find out that you're going to be Shazam, they were like over yes. the top. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. But I'm, you, know, you and me both. I have to say I'm thank you. Right thank you for choosing products that I could say, yes, look at these people. Mm -hmm. Look at the choices mm -hmm. that they're making. As a mom, that just means so much Absolutely. because you get a role model and then they start going off the deep end. So I just yeah. I really appreciate well, I, I will say I will say that one a lot of that I I wish I could I, I wish I could take credit for me having the oh I'll choose that one and I'll choose that one a lot of that was that choosing me I, mm -hmm. I you know that like I didn't I didn't I don't have the power clock to say all right I'll be your Shazam <laughs> I, I, in fact that's a whole nother story all in and of itself but I'm so honored that I get to play that role and I'm so honored that it's it really is a great. As, as far as superheroes are concerned, it, it's incredible like how much it will be a family-friendly movie, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that I keep getting put into these. You know, whether it's Chuck or the Star or um, or Tangled, Flynn Rider mm -hmm. and Tangled, yes. or the or now getting Shazam. It's all Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Squeakle. That's a feather in my cap. Um, <laughs> but these are all things that families that I know have all watched and have all appreciated and. You know, so I'm really grateful that those jobs have come to me. But I, just one little tangent I would throw to that, which is when you were saying, you know, there's these role models that kind of fall away, whatever. The only thing I would offer to that is um, we are all broken. Yes. We are all yeah, fallen. We are all broken. I have, I, I, I knock what I don't know, whatever, what's yeah, under yeah. it for Micah. Uh, <laughs> I, I will still do the best that I can, I hope, throughout my life 
to make honorable decisions for myself, my life, my family, my friends, this country, I will not be perfect. I will fall. We will all fall. There are people right now, you are seeing people that are being toppled right now. And yes, there's a, a lot of really... I mean, my heart breaks for everyone involved in all of these things going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Because at the, at, the, at the root of all of this are broken people. Right. Yes. Exactly. Harvey Weinstein and all yeah. of these men and, and women, some, even some all these predators, anybody out there, they are broken yeah. deep down inside. They are doing these things because they, who knows what their childhood was? Who knows? That's what I say all the time. Hurt people. Yeah, hurt hurting people. people hurting, mm-hmm. hurting people. Hurting hurt people. Hurting people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, hurt people hurt people. Oh, yes, Ooh. yes, yeah. And that, so, so that's the, I, I would only say, I'm so grateful that I have, that I've had enough uh, of a faith and, um, and protection in through that faith and, and hopefully continue to all have that around me and my family and my friends who pray for me on the regular and that I will continue to go back to God and want to always bring my life um, in that way. Mm-hmm. But uh, th- plenty of people who fall are still yeah. wanting and uh, to to live better lives and I and I and redemption I mean gosh you know yeah. redemption is huge and I want to see all of it redeemed I want to see everyone's life redeemed I don't see this world redeemed there's so much there are so many things that are wrong and broken mm-hmm. And we can still fight for it. We can, and we, and we can't. We, but we can't give up on people. Mm-hmm. We can't just say, "Oh, look what they did. They're done." Right. That's scary. That's and that super was part scary. of the movie. The the dog. Dog. Yeah. We were about yeah. The yeah. Yes. That was beautiful. Yeah. That. Totally. Totally. And so, and all those themes, and those, these are all the themes <laughs> that are carried with the story of Christ, and yeah. you know why he came. Amen. 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 Sorry. That's a great way to end. Yes. All the time. Okay. Is there one camera, guys? You're doing it. Okay. You got the call. Come on here. Come on. I hope they know. I say it. I see it. I see it. We're looking. We're looking at that one right there. Yeah. This one. Time out. Got it. Oh, what? What happened? Oh, get that chair out of here. So much better. Nobody deserves any of this. This is crazy. This is all crazy, right? Hollywood is nuts. It's a super crazy place. And the fact that we get to do what we do, I mean, I'm daily, daily, daily on the by it. So. And I love how, like, in a film, they, cap, you know, you know, they capture your personality. Yeah. In Joseph. Well, just, kind of, just, I'm, 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 that's just because I'm, I'm, that's I'm just a crazy, super crazy person. I can't hide behind even the animation. I'm like, hey, it's me up there. <laughs> Well, I hope you enjoyed those interviews. Aren't they fun, amazing people? So fun to get that behind-the-scenes glimpse of their lives. Also, these interviews, I know for me and for you too, are a reminder to me to pray for those in Hollywood who are making a difference and who are really shining a light in of God's love in those dark places. So I hope you enjoy the star with your friends and family this holiday season. 
And I also hope you just really take time to enjoy those other family traditions. In the Goyer House, we have a fun way to read the Christmas story with our family, and we do it every year before we open our presents. So as we read the Christmas story, before we get started, every person is given a part. So some may be Mary or Joseph, the shepherds, the baby, Herod, um, and all these parts have sound effects. And so we read from Luke chapter two, and uh, my husband created this little card. So everyone has their little card of who they're going to play in the sound effect. And what I really love about it is everyone's involved and everyone is really engaged in listening to the Christmas story because they're waiting to hear when their part is. So John would pause when it says the name Mary. um, And the, the quote for that is blessed among women. So every time the word Mary is said, the person who has that card says blessed among women. Um, or baby, they say, wah, wah. So that's really fun with the little kids. They'll, they, we usually give them the baby parts, even two-year-olds. They could say, wah, wah, when they hear the word baby. So what I love is that it really helps everyone just to tune in and focus on the story instead of just staring at the tree. <laughs> um, and then I also have the information for that in the show notes. So if you go to the show notes, you look under the sim- simple family memory making. Finally, speaking of Christmas, I also have some Christmas books, some novels that you might like. A Christmas Gift for Rose is an Amish novel set during World War II, and I wrote that, oh, maybe five years ago. I don't know. I lose track of time. (laughs) Um, But that is only $3.99 on Kindle, Amish novels set during World War II. Also, Where Treetops Glisten is a collection of World War II novellas that I wrote with my friends Sarah Sendin and Kara Putman. And that collection is only $1.99 on Kindle. And again, the information is in the show notes. So thank you, friends, for being here. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And I'd love for you to subscribe, to share, to post a review on iTunes. Thank you for those who post a review starting next week. I'm going to start reading those, some of those reviews. And if yours is mentioned, you're going to get a free book from me. So it also it helps me so much just getting people to hear more about Walk It Out. As always, this podcast is sponsored by my book, Walk It Out by David C. Cook. And David C. Cook is an amazing publisher who's really mission-minded. Their profits go to spread the gospel around the world through Bible-based curriculum. And it's just amazing if you ever want to go to their website and find out more information about all the curriculum and just how the Word of God is being spread around the world through their great work. Also, I'd like to end every show with a Walk It Out scripture. And since we're talking about the movie, The Star, today's verse is Psalm 19.1. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky displays what his hands have made. So my prayer for you today, friends, is that like the stars, you may be a wonderful display of what God's hands have made, declaring his glory for all the world to see. Have a great week. When I found it